Just to gather. So those that you are near the back now, then. She did a, I, the the um, carol service that we had um, a couple of weeks back was probably the best carol service I've ever been to. It was just awesome, absolutely awesome, and the amount of effort and time and whatever else that she put into that, we just we just honour her. Should we just give her a round of applause? And just honour her for her honesty this morning in terms of um, just the way she's, she's feeling. And she stepped in at the last minute because um, Phil, I, I'm not sure, sure of the, the total story, but I think one of his relatives is fairly unwell in hospital. Um, so um, we'll just pray for him in a minute. But Father, we just thank you for Jussie. Thank you for her givenness. Thank you for all that she brings out of those deep wells that she has of worship. Lord, she teaches us every time she stands up here. She teaches us something new, some different aspect about you. Lord, and we thank you for her. We bless her. We bless her family. Lord, and we say extend all that you've got for her that she might grow even, even more. Lord, and that we would benefit so greatly from it. Lord, bless her this morning. Encourage her. Strengthen her. Lord, and just reach down again and touch her with something fresh from you right now. Amen. Lord, and we just pray for Phil and family and whatever it is that's going on in their lives at this time. We just ask that you would um, bless them, encourage them. Lord, and whoever it is who's ill in hospital, we just pray that you'd be with them and that Phil and family would be comforted um, through this period. Amen. Amen. Well, you can see that um, I phoned Steve this morning and said, Steve, what are you going to wear this morning? I, I thought, look, let's put the brown shoes on, a nice pair of dark jeans, and a sort of lilac-y, you know, almost, you know, he's, uh, he, he, went, he went for the checked look, but, you know, we, we, we thought, uh, um, and I can honestly say I chose my own clothes this morning as well. Robin, Robin didn't choose. She was defrosting the car at the time. I, I got up early this morning, threw on some clothes, and then thought I couldn't wear those things for church. I have to put a shirt on, I know if I'm standing up front, so... Uh, so I phoned Steve and said, Steve, what are you wearing? I need some help. Robin's out. So Lucy told him what to wear, and I'm wearing the same. Right. A um, couple of months back, um, I spoke um, um, on repentance. And, and um, just very, very quickly, just uh, Matthew 4.17, Jesus says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the bit that I talked about is we often think of this to say sorry to God for the things we've done wrong. That's our sort of concept, if you, if you remember from a couple of months back when I talked about it. But the actual Greek word, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. Um, um, oh no, go on, I suppose I should, shouldn't I? Metanoo, or something like that anyway. Which actually means meta, changed after being with, and noo, which is think. Um, therefore, put together, think differently after, after a change of mind, or literally, think differently afterwards so I challenged you with that a couple of months back and and that continues to be the challenge back to me um, because whenever I want to read or whenever I'm speaking or you know whatever um, I want I want to be challenged to think differently because there's so much more about God that I don't know and my pattern of thinking now is going to be so different if I allow God to, to work in my mind and work in my heart. My pattern of thinking now is going to be so different um, in, in a few months' time, let alone a few years' time, to what it is now. As long as I allow him to come in, speak to me, 
and for me to repent. As the word that Jesus meant. He, he was bringing a different mindset, a different kingdom. And uh, I'm consistently challenged by that. So I thought we would, um, we would start off. Uh, and the other bit I just wrote. Now saying sorry is a good thing and feeling remorse is to be applauded. However, in the context of this verse, Jesus is saying that we are to think differently about God and the things of God. Repentance is a total mind shift concerning the things of God. That mind shift will result in a difference in behavior. So, today, for your mind shift, for your thought difference, for your, it's a funny time of year, isn't it? It's sort of, you, know, you can tell by the, the lack of people um, here today and the fact that we've got some um, visitors, um, some from very far parts up north. Um, give us a wave. Um, Hull's a long way away, isn't it? It really is. Um, so, um, I, I was just going to pick up three areas. Because we're in that bit whereby I guess we reflect back on the year that's been and we're, we're looking forward to, to um, New Year and, and 2015. So if 2014 has been um, a fairly poor year for you, then, um, then you can look forward to 2015. And if 2014 has been a great year, then you can look forward that 2015 will be even better. Hope is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Hope is a wonderful thing. So... I want to talk about um, just three things. One, the first one, next generation and, and legacy. Second, because we're at that time of year, um, what is a, you know, we have the New Year's resolutions, um, or some of you may make New Year's resolutions. Um, I, I seldom do because on the 2nd of January they're broken. Um, but um, what's a biblical resolution? Um, and then I'm going to end with blessing you. And blessing you looking forward into terms of 2015. But I thought I'd start with a, if John's, Ready? If we could start with um, a YouTube, YouTube clip. Some of you may have seen this before, but... Uh... I am part of the lost generation, and I refuse to believe that I can change the world. I realize this may be shock, but happiness comes from within is a lie, and money will make me happy. So in 30 years, I will tell my children they are not the most important thing in my life. My employer will know that I have my priorities
That's good. I, I, can we watch it again? I, I, I've probably watched about ten times, and every time I see something different in there. I just think it's brilliant how it challenges your mind, doesn't it? So um, this is still part of the introduction, isn't it? We've got time, haven't we? So. Brilliant, brilliant. I, I love watching that. It really challenges me every time in terms of just different aspects of it. In the, uh, I've watched that for the first time um, six months ago. Um, Danny Silk put it on in a conference that I was at. And, I, and um, I, he didn't say where it was from, wherever else. I spent ages searching YouTube trying to find it. So it's just called Lost Generation if you want to look it up and watch it later yourselves. But... I believe that we have a responsibility in terms of um, the, the generations that are to come. Our gen- we have a responsibility to our own generation. We have a responsibility to the generations to come. We, we need to hand over well to the next generation. It's our responsibility to hand over well. We need to provide a legacy. Um, and that's why I just wanted to pick up just briefly this morning. Numbers will heard, I think it's Bill Johnson who says this, the statement that our ceiling is the next generation's floor. And um, we need to provide a solid platform for them to build on. Because if we don't, then they'll go elsewhere and create a new platform. But um, I know he explained that in terms of an inheritance and what we receive. And um, um, I know I I was um, um, blessed a few years ago where um, my... This wasn't a blessing, understand me. My aunt died, um, but but she left us... She was a, my mum's side of the family is very, very small, um, and um, she didn't have a lot of money, um, but um, she left us, and she, rather than just, my mum was pretty much going to be the sole person who received it, but rather than um, doing it to my, just my mum, she left it to my mum, who's an only child, and um, uh, us three kids, so we had one quarter of her inheritance each, and that made such a jump for us as a family, such a, such a, a, a jump in terms of moving up that ladder of, of being able to do things. We were able to 
um, move from one house to another house, a bigger house. And boy, do we need it now. Um, but um, well, I suppose if you have a bigger house, you have to fill it, don't you? Um, but it gave us that, that ability to be able to make that, um, to make that next step in terms, in terms of that. And that's the same spiritually as well. An inheritance is so important, and, and, and I want to input into my kids, as I'm sure you want to input into your kids, whatever age they are, um, about um, an inheritance that they will receive that will mean that they change the next generation. Um, the next generation really does believe that nothing is impossible, and things are moving quickly. We therefore need to be raising up mothers and fathers rather than raising up children. I think that is so important. This, this, this nation is desperate for mothers and fathers. We need to be raising up our kids to be mothers and fathers, not raising up children. That's so important. I, I was going to do this. Um, I, you, know, you never know how many people are going to be here or, or, or not here. But, um, and we might be shocked by how few people. I suspect it's, it's that age, um, end of the room. But all people aged 25, or probably, let's do 20, 20 to 35. If you're in the age bracket, 20 to 35. Paul Marriage, that's not you. I'm watching you. So 20 to 35, would you just like to stand up? Rob Goldring, you still in that bracket, are you? Flipping out. So there you go. Just, stand, just stay standing for a minute. Just stay standing for a minute. This would have been the generation that Jesus walked with. This would have been the age group that his disciples probably came from. We don't know. This was the generation that Jesus walked and talked with for three years. And this was the generation he let loose on the world to change the known world upside down. This is an important generation. And um, I, I actually, I'm, we're going to have lib a bit. We're not go with a, I would like you to stay standing. And for those that are either younger than that age group or maybe older than that age group, would you like to just gather around anybody that's standing at this point in time? So you're going to have to get out your seats um, and you're going to have to gather around. And I just want you, just for a couple of minutes, just to pray a blessing upon them and to encourage them, to strengthen them, that they would, that they would grow stronger. There's loads of people over on this left-hand side that are standing. So if you're, if you're in the middle, you need to move. So pray a blessing upon them. Pray that they would expand upon their generation, that they would challenge their generation. Okay, if you'd like to take your seats again. Thank you, guys. It's a, 
Christmas, between a Christmas and New Year Sunday, so we'll do things a bit different. Now, I've not got a clock up there, so I've had to take my watch off. I've got a quote that um, my wife had got on her phone. So, um, listen to this. Recent tests proved a woman's, I'll be ready in five minutes, and a man's, I'll be home in five minutes, are exactly the same time. I suspect that um, um, a preacher saying that they will be 20 minutes is, is, is probably in the same sort of category as well, isn't it? So um, there you go. Um, I'll be finished in five minutes. Right. So I was thinking, that, therefore it made me think about um, um, the next generation watching that YouTube clip and... Um, and um, what that means in terms of um, the next generation. And, and that Danny talked about lead, very much about leadership and, and um, those sort of aspects of, of being able to develop the next generation. Um, and I'm sure you can probably get his, his um, thing on, online somewhere or whatever else. Um, but I, I therefore thought about where is there a good handover in Scripture that, that, we can, that we can follow? Where is there a, a, a handover from one generation to the next generation that, that really challenges us and that you could preach on this subject for weeks and weeks and weeks um, because it's probably two of the most famous characters in the Bible, but David and Solomon. And I, and I just want to pick out, um, there's one of my favorite um, um, bits, is that, well, there's a, there's a couple, couple of bits and in 1 Chronicles 28, um, we need to build a legacy. Um, David was told not to build God a house. Um, he, and he, he, he said the reasons why and because he was a man of war and uh, all of that. But he spoke and said um, that Solomon is going to be the builder of the house. But he didn't just leave him and say, right, right, here you go, son. This is what you're to do. He actually prepared everything for him. He gave him an inheritance that was so, so um, uh, enormous in, 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 um, in wealth and in just, the, you know, the kingdom that there was then. It, it talks about that era as being the golden era of Israel. And um, he, he, he gave plans to, um, to Solomon exactly what it needed to be like um, and he stored up everything that Solomon needed in order to be able to build it. And that's what we need to be passing on to the next generation. We need to be saying, look, look, guys, this, this is what I believe God is doing. This is what I believe God wants, us to, wants um, you to do. Here are all the facilities that you need. Here are all the things I've trained you from a very, very young man. You know, from a, from a, from a babe in arms, Solomon was trained in the ways of royalty, in the ways of things that, 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 um, that, that, the way that things should be done in, in the kingdom, the way that you should lead, the way that um, you should govern, the way you, you should um, um, uh, um, look after your kingdom. He was trained. And we're to build knowing that my life is a benefit for those that are around me, but also for those that I will never get to meet. We've got to have a perspective about our, not just our grandchildren, but our great-grandchildren and the generations that are to come after that. Our, we need to be having that, that perspective that I'm building something 
for the future. Building something for future generations and maybe future generations that I will never meet, that I will never know. I love in um, 1 Kings chapter 2, and just quick, quickly turn to this and we'll then go on to um, uh, 1 Kings chapter 2. And David said to um, Solomon, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me. And I truly believe the way, the way David handed that on to Solomon, that's the way that, that um, we're to, you know, I'm learning so much with my kids about what I want to pass on to them, what it is that I want them to be, to be strong in, what it is that I want them to have um, um, place their faith in, what it is that I want them to have their hope in, what it is that, that, that um, how they structure their lives, how, what, what it is that they do. And every parent, everyone who's a parent here will know about that desire to want for your kids to do better, for your kids to go further, for your kids um, to do so much greater than what, than, what, um, than what you've achieved or what I've achieved. The passage I therefore wanted to go to in terms of um, um, just something about Solomon that was, I just think is absolutely remarkable is then 1 Kings chapter 3. we start here we go verse 5 at Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night just go back a sec my, my Bible and I'm sure you, you know how it does little chapter headings in, in terms of what, what it is that this section's about mine actually says um, Solomon's prayer for wisdom Just challenge your thinking here. What did Solomon actually ask for? What did Solomon ask for? My chapter to heading says for wisdom. What did he actually ask for? I heard a couple of people whisper it. Insight. Insight. Brilliant. We'll come to it in a minute. But I, I, again, I just challenge my thinking again in terms of this. So, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give you. See, Solomon had been so trained in the things of God and in the, way, in the ways that God could trust him to make the right decision in a dream. I think that's amazing that um, I find it remarkable enough when God challenges me in the, in the day, in my prayer time about stuff or speaks to me in my uh, prayer time. But the fact that he trusted Solomon to make the right decision in the middle of a dream, I think is absolutely remarkable. Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, 
and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. See, amazing, isn't it, that Solomon, despite having had this training from his father from a very young age, still knew that he didn't have the capacity in himself to be able to do all that God had asked him to do. To be able to lead this people well. To be able to to govern and lead this multitude of people to look after the wealth of the nation, to be able to build what David had got him to build. And so he, he declared in his weakness, as, as Jossie mentioned today, she, she, she did not feel great about this morning. But yet she came and, and, and out of that weakness, isn't it, that God, God responds to our honesty about our position. It's good to be honest to God. We can put a front up in front of everybody else, can't we? And, and, and everybody thinks that we're having a great time and a good time and whatever else. But God knows and God wants us to be honest with him about exactly how we're feeling. You won't ever move forward or, 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 or move on to that next step unless you're honest in your heart with God. Solomon was honest in his heart with God. And what does he say? Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people? In another version, it says, um, in the, the Amplified version, it talks about a hearing ear. It talks about a hearing ear. And um, there's a, a, um, a quote in terms of this, the... The hearing ear is what gives us access to wisdom. It's an acknowledgement that the wisdom is from another world. And if I don't hear, if I sorry, if I don't hear you, as in God, then I won't get it. Shall I just read that again? The hearing ear is what gives us access to wisdom. It's an acknowledgement that the wisdom is from another world. And if I don't hear you, then I won't get it. So I know in James it says that we should ask for wisdom. But Solomon, the first thing he asked for was insight or a hearing ear or an understanding heart. There's different, different versions that says, says very sort of similar things in terms of that. And I, I thought, wow, God, I always, if you'd have asked me, my chapter heading says that, um, that Solomon prays for wisdom. But he didn't actually. He asked for an understanding heart, an ear to hear. I've just written down here that Solomon then prays his prayer in his sleep as he'd been trained as a child for greatness. However, the thing that preceded his prayer was his admission of his inadequacy. We touched on that, haven't we? That, that actually out of our place of honesty, of where we are, and that's the thing that, um, um, you know, I want to I consistently talk to the, our kids about is just being honest about. We had an incident, as we do over Christmas, um, um, you know, where, where 
um, too, too many people in close um, um, proximity to one another and boys being boys ends up in um, a, 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 bit of a, a bit of a fight and, and somebody disappears off and, and you know, then the house descends into um, you know, the cloud of, 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 of uh, um, disappointment and anger and, and whatever else descends upon it. I, I'm sure you've had it as well. We, we, we had it and uh, um, you know, should, why should we be alone in such things? Um, so, uh, you know, you have to deal with that. And the, the thing for me consistently with the kids is actually I, you've got to deal with the attitude. You've got to deal with the attitude first. So that immediately the attitude is, is, is out of line. Then you need to deal with that. I have to deal with that. I have to deal with my own attitude. You know, I reacted wrongly um, um, immediately to, to the situation. And I had to just back off, calm down... And, and, and let the situation um, um, sort of, you know, calm down itself as well a bit. And, uh, and then go and speak and speak about the attitude. And we've still not got to the point whereby that particular situation is completely resolved. Because the individuals um, concerned aren't ready to be able to discuss it and talk about it quite yet. Um, but I've said to both individuals that, that we will need to and we will have that discussion... And we're going to sit down as a family and have that discussion and, and say, okay, what was it that, that, that caused that? What, what was it? Because you've got to deal with it before it becomes a root early. And this is the thing I want to train my kids in. in. And this is the thing I think Solomon was so trained in, um, was, his, was um, in terms of his attitude towards these things. Okay, time's pressing on. It seems like a, a slight sideways move in terms of this, but um, um, as some of you probably know, I like Proverbs. And um, for my birthday, um, a couple of months back, or well, just over a month ago, um, my dear father-in-law and mother-in-law bought me um, the Proverbs Wisdom from Above, which is the Passion Translation. So um, I'd well recommend um, you, you get a copy of this book, because it just, again brings some enlightenment to um, um, the Proverbs and, and just does it in a different way that uh, um, I automatically went immediately to, to today's um, number. So I'm going to just read from um, Proverbs. And this is sort of, I guess, that, that bit around Solomon and, and legacy was, was looking back, but also with a, a, a thought for looking forward. But I just want to... Um, Again, challenge your um, thinking. I'm not going to tell you which chapter I'm in. It's not today's chapter. Um, But um, I just want to read this out, and then then I want to, again, just challenge your thinking for a couple of minutes. So, um, one person says to another, God, I'm so weary and worn out. I feel more like a beast than a man. I was made in your image, but I lack understanding. I've yet to learn the wisdom that comes from the full and intimate knowledge of you, the Holy One. Who is it that travels back and forth from the heavenly realm to the earth? Who controls the wind as it blows and holds it in his fists? Who tucks the rain into the cloak of his clouds? Who stretches out the skyline from one vista to the other? What is his name? And what is the name of his son? Who can tell me? And the response, every promise from the faithful God is pure and proves to be true. 
He's a wraparound shield of protection for all his lovers who run to hide in him. Never add to his words or he will have to rebuke you and prove that you're a liar. And then this is the bit, and this is the bit I want you to think about. God, there are two things I'm asking for you before I die. Only two. So, what's on your bucket list? What's the two things? If you were able, if, if Jesus was standing in the room this morning, what were the two things that you would ask of him before you die? I'll just pause and let you think about that for a, a minute or so. And then we'll have Solomon's response. What would you ask? Would you ask for long life as Hezekiah did? Success, happiness, wealth, wisdom? I don't know, go to the top of the Eiffel Tower? I don't know, what, what, what would be the two things that you would ask for? Anyone want to offer up? You all look like you're in that Christmas to New Year period, don't you? Too many mince pies. I haven't had one mince pie over Christmas. So, the two. And this is, um, these, these two really challenged me again. Challenged me in terms of um, um, my thought pattern and, and um, where I want to go next year in terms of things with God, etc. So, God, there are two things I'm asking you for before I die. Only two. Empty out of my heart everything that is false. Every lie and every crooked thing. And give me neither undue poverty nor undue wealth, but rather feed my soul with the measure of prosperity that pleases you. May my satisfaction be found in you. Don't let me be so rich that I don't need you, or so poor that I have to resort to dishonesty just to make ends meet, then my life will never detract from bringing glory to your name. And I thought that's fantastic. That's in Proverbs 30, verses 7 to 9. So the two things that Solomon asked for before he he was going to die... I don't know what age he was when he asked for these, but he said, empty out of my heart everything that is false, every lie and every crooked thing. And give me neither undue poverty nor undue wealth. And the reason being, then my life will never detract from bringing glory to your name. And I thought, that's what it's about, isn't it? That my life will never detract from bringing glory to your name. Those were the two that um, Solomon asked for. What is it that you would ask for that, that would have the same aim to bring glory to his name? I'm going to finish and I want to read out a blessing over you. So each time, each time that um, I read, I'm going to just pick people's names. There's a, there's, a, there's a gap here for every time and you're meant to put your own name in. So every time I read out somebody's name, 
um, just slot your own name in and um, receive it as a blessing for you. So Rob, listen with your spirit to God's word for you. My covenant was with Levi, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many from sin. God's original intent was that all 12 tribes would be priestly tribes, that they would be a nation of priests to the nations of the world. Due to sin in the camp, many of them lost that privilege, and Levi as a tribe was chosen to be the priestly tribe to represent the nation. God created a covenant of life and peace with that tribe. He gave them life and peace to give to others. Malachi says this called for reverence. God is inviting you to come into a covenant of life and peace with him. When you enter into that covenant, you receive a richer title than that of Levi. You become a member of the royal priesthood. You have received peace from God and you are learning to walk in that peace and to bring others into that peace. This is foundational. The next step is to have a reverential awe of God who reconciled you to himself and gave you such a covenant of life and peace. Ponder the marvel and privilege of his covenant of life and his peace with you and God will place true instruction in your mouth. God's intent is that you will come to know him more deeply as you celebrate the majesty of what he has done for you in giving you this covenant of life and peace. It will unlock deeper and more profound truths from the word of God, so that your lips will have an anointing for true instruction. The last step is that Levi turned many from sin as he walked with God in peace and personal uprightness. I bless you, Helen, with this same anointing. Although you walk in a different priesthood, I bless you with entering into a covenant of life and peace. I bless you with knowing your father and speaking of him And bringing many others to know him. I bless you with an anointing of revering God that produces wisdom. So that your true instruction comes from your mouth. Being fruitful, life-giving and transformational. I bless you Nick with turning many from their sin. And bringing many into the same reverence that you have of the most high God. The hardness and profound lack of reverence of your culture is an invitation for God to do bigger things for you than he has done in other generations. It has nothing to do with the hardness of the culture and everything to do with the anointing of God and his revelation. I bless you, Matt, with not taking for granted the anointing for reverence that you have in the covenant of life and peace. I bless you with waking up each morning with awe that God would choose to be in covenant with you because out of that blessing of awe of God will come instruction, wisdom, and words of truth from your lips. I bless you with words of truth that are piercing, encouraging, and clarifying. I bless those words of instruction to be articulated in many ways. I bless you with the blessing that Samuel had, that none of his words fell to the ground. I bless you with the words of instruction, so anointed with the wisdom and reverence of God, that you turn many from sin. I bless you, Robin with a profound generational anointing of peace on your life that will bring reverence and wisdom to generations after you. I bless you that the family line you establish may be known as a family of peace, a family 
that imparts peace, a family of wisdom, of reverence, and of holiness. I bless you, Derek, with bringing many in the next generation into reverence of God so that they they have the wisdom of God. They, in turn, may turn many to a covenant of life and peace with God so that the next generation would revere God and have words of wisdom for the next generation after that. I bless you, Jussie, with laying the foundations for many godly generations through being in a covenant life and peace with the Most High God. I bless you with all these blessings of peace in the name of the Prince of Peace, in the name of God who makes peace, who instructs you and mentors you in peace so that all your children and children's children will have great peace. I bless you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth.